right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Tunes Mate, episode 47. I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And Ray, today we are counting down our top disco tunes. Now, we've talked about disco in the past. We talked about it actually quite a bit, you know, talk about the protest songs and, and how yeah. it came around. And now it's time to count down our favorite songs. And I know I saw your list. You sent it over to me and I sent you mine. Yep. And we do have some similarity as usual, but yep. what are some of the songs in your honorable mention? A few of the ones that, yeah, came close to my top five and uh, didn't make it. Um, uh, you know, it's funny because we're doing our favorites and these are ones that, you know, they just missed my top five for favorite, but some of them are pretty significant. Like if we were talking the significance of songs, you know, some of these might be on the list. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them that came real close to uh, Disco Inferno by the Tramps, you know, they're I mean, that's a sort of quintessential disco song, you know, yeah. the the depth of sound and the, the feel and the rhythm. And, you know, so it, I really I, when I first started making the list, I thought that was going to end up in the top five. Same here. My, that's in my honorable mention as well. Yep. Yep. And uh, and we are family. It was another one. I'm like, oh, that's going to end up in there. And say it was just, mine. <laughs> just missing, you know. And the Bee Gees, uh, you know, the Bee Gees, you know, are synonymous with, I mean, they, Bee Gees are funny because they had a career before disco, they had a career after disco, but their most successful period, you know, was the disco period and they, they became sort of synonymous with it. Mm-hmm. And, and my favorite Bee Gees song is You Should Be Dancing, but it, and I thought, well, I thought that was going to end up in my top five and then it didn't, <laughs> you know, you know, in the same uh, Donna Summer, you know, the other one is synonymous oh. with disco, but um, my favorite one from I, yeah, I, I feel love and, you know, I, and just missed. We had similar. The only other two that in my honorable mention, I had ring my bell. Yeah. Just that oh, tune. Yeah. I just, when it comes on, I, I just have to listen to that. And then yeah. I had Casey and the sunshine band. Yeah. That's the yeah. way I like it. That's that one is just, that's also synonymous to disco. Oh yeah. 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 That, that's another one that, you know, I, it didn't quite make my honorable mention. I, I just, I've never quite been that much into Casey and the Sunshine Band, mm-hmm. but you're exactly right that that's, that's synonymous with disco. I mean, you can't, you know, you, you really can't cover disco without covering that. And that's sort of their, their quintessential hit. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then a couple of those that the YMCA to village people, again, I thought that was going to make my top five and it didn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there were a couple others sort of down the list a little bit. One that was interesting talking to village people. Um, my, I don't know that it, YMCA is probably my favorite village people song, but my favorite song connected to the village people is Pet Shop Boys remake of Go West, which wow, I I love that. That's actually my favorite Pet Shop Boys song, but the village people one version of it, which is fine just doesn't do it as much for me so it gets sort of an honorable mention you know as you know something interesting there well I, you mentioned i feel love and if yep. you remember the blue man group redid it i think it was back in the 90s mm-hmm. and i always loved how they did it on those i don't know what they are tubes <laughs> right know, they're pounding on them and so when i think of that i think of their remake and how they brought it back and i don't oh, know yeah. what it charted but i do know that it was what they released. It is interesting how the modernized version of it does stand out sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that song is made for the blue man group. I mean, it was just, you know, I mean, it was, 
the sound of that, which is what I love about it. And which again, I thought when I first started, I, I thought that might even contend for number one and, and then it didn't. And, and, but the sound of that is really, it, it lent itself to the blue man group really to redoing it. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, yeah. let's, let's go top five. What do you got All at right. five, Ray? Okay. So my number five is, uh, you know, it's it's funny because this is from a band that's really kind of you look at their big hits from the late 70s, early 80s, and they had like four number one hits. They're like all over the board, rock, rap and disco. And that's Blondie and it's Heart of Glass. Mm-hmm. Blondie really kind of I mean, they they really covered it all. I mean, they were you know, they were they were punk. They had the first number one hit Rapture to have some rap in it. And Heart of Glass is a disco song, you know, it's or it's certainly a, a rock band doing a disco disco tune. And so and I really like it. And so it, it ends up at number five. That's a good one. Yeah. What about you? I had Michael Jackson. Don't stop oh, yeah. till you get enough. And yep, that song. I don't. When it's on, it just it, it sucks <laughs> you in. And I know our whole blog began on a michael jackson post so it seemed fitting to me that michael deserved being in the top five yeah and you know that's another one that sort of um you know that time period michael jackson was doing a a lot of stuff that covered a lot of different genres right so and you know that's from the the same album with rock rock with you off the wall i mean that was it that was a that was a huge album you know and it set the stage for for thriller a few years later and it was the first of his his sort of four big ones right that came out and mm-hmm. that was the that was the disco one that was on there and it's yeah great tune great tune all right well what do you got it for so uh kind of funny we go with this you know don't stop to get enough kind of theme my number four is can't get enough of your love babe mm-hmm. by uh very white i that's a like, kind of like what you said with the michael jackson one when that comes on, I just, I got to listen to it, you know, and, it, and, and it's, you know, Barry White had that string of hits and, and that's the one that really just sort of uh, resonates with me and sucks me in. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah. So what do you got at four? At four, I've got Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive. And that's, that's another one where you put that on. It just, I don't, I don't care where you are. <laughs> you start singing it. I don't even need to have it on to sing it. You know, that's one that's the, in fact, uh, that's one where if we were doing a list of what's the most significant disco song, right? These are our favorite disco songs. Right. If we had turned this into a list of, okay, what do you think is the most significant disco song that probably would have ended up at number one for me. But interestingly to kind of segue, it ends up at number three for me. So you have it at four, I have it at three, and it probably, you know, mm-hmm. tells you something about how significant it was that it made both of our top mm-hmm. fives. Yeah, I mean that song is is quintessential to disco. Yeah. So what do you got at three? I've got Dancing Queen, Abba. I just think yeah. they had so many songs around this time, but that's yep. the one that everyone knows, and that's the one that everyone sings. Yep. That's there's I. Uh, I love a lot of ABBA stuff. Take a chance on me, oh, yeah. uh, Super Trooper. 
I mean, you know, I go down right down the list. The winner takes it all, you know, all that stuff. And, um, but that, you, I agree with you. That's the one that above all, if I had to pick my favorite Abba song, that's it. And it, it's not, I mean, and as much as I love all those other songs, it's not even close, no. but that's my favorite. That comes on, I put, put on Abba's greatest hits and that comes on and I can't help but dance. You know, I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I got whole moves that I've had for 20 years that go with that song. That's, you know, and Abba, I was, as I was working on this list and it's funny, you mentioned, you know, them at number three, I had to think about, okay, what counts as disco or not? Right. Because right. ABBA is kind of disco, but they're, they're, they're a little different from your sort of standard disco uh, feel and sound. And, um, you know, I was kind of looking at various lists and ABBA was on there and take a chance on me was on there. Dancing queen was on there. And, you know, and one thing I saw read sort of said, it's, it's the European version of disco. And, and that, hmm. that sort of made sense to me, the idea that it, it is disco, but it's a little different. And part of that is, you know, it's more of a, it's a European thing, whereas disco tended to, to, to at least emanate. It wasn't just an American phenomenon, but it emanated from the United States. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And when you talked about Pet Shop Boys and Go West, there's something yeah. about Take a Chance on Me by yeah. Erasure. I don't know what it is. I did that in EP. Yep. Uh, think back in the early 90s and yep. there's just something about the way they did that song that it's just yep. a similar thing that you're talking about the pet shop boys well and that's funny that's a good you know that's a really good point i love that erasure i mean i, I like erasure anyway so you know erasure's version of that and if you had asked me like 40 years ago my favorite abba song it was it probably was take a chance on me and then over the years dancing queen became my favorite but um yeah that erasure remake is great Another one that's another remake that's really great is remember Information Society, oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Tell me what's on walking your mind, away. right? Pure Energy, yeah, yeah, right. Walking away, those are the two big hits. But they did on they did a remake of Lay All Your Love on Me by ABBA, mm. and mm-hmm. uh, it didn't it didn't hit top forty, hit the Hot One Hundred, didn't hit the top forty. But that's another really good remake. So folks, you know, it's a, if you haven't heard, I mean, you, you know, folks who maybe haven't heard of uh information society but if you know information society from pure energy and walking away uh, most folks know pure energy most and but check out lay all your love on me by information check society. that out no I, I don't think i've heard that one that's great yeah yeah it's a really good another one just like your erasure one mm. great so that's that's uh, my number that's your number three what's your number two all right my number two i'm going back to the bgs staying alive there's just something about that song I don't know if yep. it's the bass riff. I don't know if it's just how it's collectively the image of John Travolta. Right. I mean, there's just there's so many things about that song, but it's been used a lot. It's overly yep. used. However, every time I hear it, it puts me in a good mood. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That's a, it's it's a great choice. Like I said, the 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 Bee Gees were one that you know you kind of. I mean, you can't you got to include them in the conversation when you're talking disco. And that's, I, you know, like I said, my favorite BGs is you should be dancing, but mm-hmm. staying alive is probably second. And if you think of the BG song that is most significant, it's staying alive. And again, if we were doing a list of the most significant disco songs. It's, yeah, it would be there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would be right there in the top five, if not number 
one, you know, I, th- I thought I glory gainer would be number one. It would probably be number two or three. It'd be right there. It's there exactly for the reasons you gave, you know, you, mm. you picture John Travolta walking down the street. Yeah. Right. You picture the film, you picture the feel that goes with that. And, and that's part of what made it significant. And then, like you said, it gets, it's gotten used over and over and over again. And that's, that's the resonating significance of it. Yeah. I and mean, when you think of it, you think of pointing to the ground, pointing to the sky, you know, that white suit. I mean, you just, you can't get the, album cover. the disco ball and the light up dance yep. floor. And then it's interesting is Michael Jackson brought that in Billie Jean. So you, know, you think yep. about how that caused a lot more to happen in the eighties. Yep. Yeah, you're right. You think of the album cover and exactly like you said, the influence, right? Like uh, uh, that it goes on and, and Michael Jackson brings that on in, in, in Billie Jean. And you're exactly right. All right, let's yep. go to so number, two. number two. So my number two, is we, we were just you just mentioned him michael jackson you had him at number five i've got him at number two don't stop till you get enough yeah. i i love i love that album I, I i love rock with you i mean rock with you is not so much a disco song so but but don't stop till you get enough is the is the one mm-hmm. and that's like you said he you just i can't help mm-hmm. but dance mm-hmm. i mean yeah. i can i can hear it in my head and i want to just get up and dance right now i know <laughs> it's and, and, it, and it's funny because, you know, it, it shows, I think, how Michael Jackson would make a lot of lists, you know, mm-hmm. of the top this, the top that. And here he is in a, you know, in disco as well. It's a good song. So that's my number two. My number one, you covered it already. Number three, mm. I got Dancing Queen then at number one. Wow. So, I mean, I've already good talked choice. about why and how. And mm-hmm. it's I love I love, love, love that song. And what's your. Well, one? I mean. That maybe maybe my list is the culturally significant disco songs, as you said, but there's just something as a DJ playing YMCA by the Village People. I mean, you can get anybody spelling out that song. Right. All of a sudden, they're they're sad. Now they're happy. I I don't know why, but it has a good feeling to it. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, to me, it's, it signifies disco. It signifies that time period. And it's just yep. a feel good song. You know, it's one of those ones, like you said, it, you know, you put it on at, at weddings as a DJ, you know, at, at events and, and even people who don't like disco get up and dance to that. Right. And it's got, when you do the letters, it's, it's one of those quintessential, you know, kind of like the Macarena exactly. and stuff where, you know, the electric slide where you, everybody gets up and does that. And so it, it and like you said, it, it creates a fun atmosphere. And so therefore it's, it, it's useful in that regard, but it then also becomes really, really significant. And you're exactly right. If we're talking the cultural significance, we got to talk YMCA. Yeah. I mean, and I liked, you want to talk about modern versions. I liked back in the early 2000s, maybe the late 90s, 2000s. When they did that jock jams mix uh-huh. where they they mixed in the ymc it was like right around the end of that mix but you know it starts like the let's get ready to rumble goes into get ready for this and when that came out that had a really big impact i just remember hearing that on the radio station go i can't believe they're playing the ymca on pop radio <laughs> but it was because it was part of that mix and that's it really i think you you think about that whole jock jams phenomenon. I mean, there was yeah. one, two, three, four. I, I don't know how many they went on doing, but 
that was actually a pretty big deal back then. And I think that brought some of these groups back that you thought were a dying breed. And it's, it's funny how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. That, that jock jams thing back in the nineties. And like you said, into the early two thousands, you think of Gary glitter and you know, all yeah. the stuff that they, they brought back. And it, it was, it was a way of using these songs that, that get used over and over and over again at sporting events. And, you know, and it brought them together and said, okay, we're going to turn this into, you know, sort of a bigger phenomenon then. And, and it just goes to show again, like you said, the, the cultural significance of YMCA it's, it's a quintessential part of lots of sporting events, right? That you go to how many baseball games or, you know, basketball games or whatever. And they have during a break in the action, they, you hear the song, dun, 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 right. And you hear it and everybody knows what it is and okay, everybody get up. We're going to do the, you know, we're going to do the YMCA now. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so then part of it is beyond music that it's, it becomes a sports ritual in the way that, you know, we have any number of songs that have done that. Like, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, Sweet Caroline is one of those with Neil Diamond. You know, Macarena was like that back in the mid '90s, right? And so, YMCA is one of the the foundational songs that have become part of not just music but sports. Yeah, and I you know go on a tangent down that route. You know, you mentioned Gary Glitter, but then mm-hmm. you've got the Crazy Trains, and you've got Thunderstruck, and you know, we got this whole genre of rock songs as well. You know, Welcome to the Jungle, all these songs that they you know, they use to pump up the audience. And, yep. and that's why they do it. And it is funny. I've heard a lot of people comment recently where some of the stadiums are turning into a you know, party. And, you know, they're abandoning some of the classics and they're going for some deep cuts every once in a while. So it is interesting how some of these songs have been shifting over the years and it's probably reflective of the changing demographic. Yeah, probably, you know, that, that what, what is now, what was new stuff is now old stuff. And what was old stuff is now ancient stuff. Exactly. (laughs) So jock jams is, you know, jock jams is to today. Yeah. What YMCA was to when jock jams came out and, Right. So uh, the older gets even older and even more, even further back in the distant past. And yeah, you're right. You know, and it, it's interesting to think about, like you said, that that genre of, of songs and you get you name some great ones. Thunderstruck. I mean, it immediately is like that, you know, or, or Crazy Train where they they use them at sporting events and you use the instrumental part of it. Right. So you hear that, you know, that that opening part of Crazy Train. And that's like all they play exactly. or that, you know, that, that guitar riff from Thunderstruck. And that's, you know, that's like all they play. And, and I, I, I've heard numerous students. I mean, I have this exercise I do sometimes in some of my classes where that involves people's favorite songs. Mm-hmm. And I've had, you know, students who are in their twenties or even late teens, right. But probably around 20 ish who named Thunderstruck as their favorite song. And, you know, that came out, that was 1991, right? <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, they weren't, they were, you know, 10, right now they're, they were like nine, 10 years away from being born and, and Thunderstruck becomes like this, this cultural phenomenon. And like you said, right. The- There's so many good songs on the album. I mean, Mistress for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, that was the hit. And I mean, and it really wasn't even that big of a hit. I mean. 
you know, the, the funny thing about Thunderstruck is that that's one of those ones that if you didn't know better, you would have thought it went higher. Right. And, you know, it really wasn't even, I mean, it didn't even hit the Hot 100, you know? DC's what, highest hit is Money Talks? That was off that that album, right? Yeah, that was the one off the album, and that was their that was that was their biggest twenties or yeah. something. I, I twenty three, yeah, twenty three. I mean, you think about the the classics, right? You shook me all night long. Back in black, barely, barely hit the top forty. Back in black, barely hit the top forty. Highway to Hell just missed the top forty, right? Yeah. And money, money talks is their biggest hit. Went to twenty three. I remember that back in you know ninety one, and and Thunderstruck was out. I remember the video. I remember it was. It was big on AOR radio, right? On album oh, rock yeah. radio. But on top 40, it really didn't do that much. But then it became like, you know, one of their biggest hits. Yeah. I mean, it's, we talk about this a lot where these songs, they just kind of take a life of their own and they're, they're, they become larger. Like we talked about Van Halen's right now. What did it chart at 55? And mm-hmm. that's the song, you know, that's the song they play because a lot of the 80s sounds, they just, they sound outdated. So it's like you stick with that. It's just got some straight up piano and guitar, and you're like, okay, let's stick with that. But that's yep. There's tons of other songs in the album that charted higher, but you don't hear about them. So yeah, it is interesting yeah. how some of these just they just keep lasting. Like some of these disco songs we just went through, they just they just well, keep coming up. Well, and a good example of that, if you think like late disco, right, like early '80s, still kind of disco is uh, it's raining men. Oh yeah, by the Weather Girls. I mean, that didn't even hit the top 40, right? Which is, wow. I mean, you know, if you don't know the charts, that's shocking. I mean, of course that hit the top. No, it didn't hit the top hmm. 40. And, you know, that's one of those late late disco ones. And, it, yeah, like you said, it speaks to the idea that sometimes songs that aren't so much hits pop-wise, they have like this, this maybe a cult following or maybe just a, a long-term following. And mm-hmm. and so they stay in the popular consciousness for years, even though they never quite had that that big peak, right? When they first came out, that would have made them a big hit. Mm-hmm. And so, yep. Our disco lists, I think we talked about their significance, and I really think that these are songs that are going to continue because, like we said, to sporting events and and parties, they just kind of keep moving there. And it was fun to kind of you know down this and. We'll have to think about some others. Like we said, maybe we should just do our, our top sporting songs next or something because maybe some of these will fall in. I don't think so, though. I think a lot of the top sporting songs, like you said, have gone more that kind of instrumental route where they are just trying to cue in on humming along or singing along because right, you, you don't know when there's going to be a break in actions, and that's a lot of time. They're just trying to fill in a hole. Cool. Well, episode 47 and so thanks again for joining us here this episode follow us on our blog subscribe to our podcast check out all of our social media we're continually putting up our daily 80s fix def what does that stand for again daily 80s flashback Flashback. that's right daily 80s fix is good enough and I should have called it the daily eighties, the fix, you know, and yeah. save by zero. So yeah, we're going to continue. We're just keep putting it out there. And I don't know, Ray, I, I, I put something up there the other day and I, you know, I love these birthdays you put up there and I saw yeah. sting. So I clicked on, you know, I went to his website 
And then I'm like, wait a minute, he's got a new song out. So I went and listened to it, and I was like, it's actually not bad. You know, so, yep. you know, Sting never, never lets you down. So you're going to try to keep infusing new music from some of those classic artists that are out there. But yeah, it's just amazing how these artists, they, they're just, there's just, you know, we talked about this a lot that they're still creating new music. So keep tuning in and find about things that you maybe didn't even know about. Yep. Yeah. I love that the classic artists you're doing, cause it shows that these folks are still making music and, you know, sometimes you find some really good, good stuff that you might not have known about, you know, that the, these folks are still doing. Yeah. They're not putting it on the radio like, as we know. And, yep. you know, they want to, Let's put Fields of Gold on for the, you know, one hundredth time. Or, <laughs> I mean, what was that Desert Rose? They don't even play that. I mean, that was twenty something years ago, but that that was probably his last biggest hit. And yep. they just, well, uh, let's. How about let's just stick with the police? That's good, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's still he's still doing it, you know. And well, and, you know the and the funny thing is and. Speaking of staying in podcasts, he's actually on that new uh, Murder in the Apartment, the oh, really? uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez mm-hmm. new comedy, mm-hmm. and he actually plays himself in that. and And part of the whole show revolves around a podcast. That's too. funny. So it's well, it's kind of it's yeah, it's really kind of funny and interesting. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, check it out. It's on Hulu. All right. Well, once again, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please stick around. We always have something else up our sleeve. And once again, I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And we will see you next time.